Perry Goldstein from Cheesehead TV is our guest. Perry, I'm super, super excited to have you on. I was telling our listeners that I've kind of been trying to make this happen for a few weeks. Wasn't it just like, before we start, wasn't it just amazing and so good for the soul to have football on all day Sunday and then another two games on last night? Like it's, I feel like I'm kind of in heaven this week, even though everything else is going on and it's crazy, but just to have football back. Yeah. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so happy that this worked out. Um, there is nothing like having football on my television, especially as like, you know, I'm still home a good amount. I'm still working from home. And uh, so just to have football in the background, even if it's just a game I don't care about, it's there. It's sports. You know, I think it's it's so good for morale for just everyone for the country to have um, sports. It, it felt a lot more normal than yeah. I, I expected without fans. I think um, they did a really, really good job of that. You know, the masks on the sidelines was really the only indication that this season is is different. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's Sunday all day, couch football all day. <laughs> Thursday was weird. Uh, the Chiefs-Texans game was weird. I got used to the no fans thing very quickly on Sunday. I, I want to start with the offense, and then I actually want to spend most of our time on the defense oversimplification maybe I hope this isn't an overreaction but I thought the beginning of the game looked really similar to the beginning of just about every game in 2019 right the offense started great looked scripted there were some red zone issues we saw that all last year however on Sunday like the offense got better as the game went along like to you why was that was it a someone was it a something like what allowed the Packers defense or offense to get better rather than worse as the game went on Yeah, that's a really good observation. It's actually something that I was thinking about also. Um, You know, it's, I think maybe just a little bit of like first quarter, first week one jitters. I, I, it, to me, it didn't, it didn't feel so much like 2019 because like you said, we actually ended up getting better as the game went on. Um, I think the opposite happened last year where we'd come out smoking hot and then we'd have a hard time really sustaining that success across four quarters. Um, I think to, Sunday to me was like, okay, our first, you know, few drives while we stalled out in the red zone, they felt good. Like they felt like everything was in rhythm. You know, Rogers was throwing, you know, within Matt LaFleur's scheme within the offense. And just for some reason, um, and I, I think Matt LaFleur even said it in a press conference this week, like if, if he could go back, he probably would have called a few different plays down in the red zone, but they learned from their mistakes. Um, and they essentially took the offense out of the red zone and just had Rogers sling the ball downfield. So you can't have a bad red zone offense if you're throwing from, you know, the 50 yard line. So, um, but I think that, you know, they got into that rhythm and, uh, and Rogers kept, um, you know, throwing the ball to, to players, even after, you know, MVS had a drop, he said, I don't care. I'm throwing the ball back to you, you know, is that, that trust there. I think, um, you know, we tested the run game a little bit more in the beginning of the game. And then once we kind of got pretty much all four of our running backs involved and going, that's when we said, all right, let's look at the secondary who's out there covering Devonte Adams. No one, you know, let's, <laughs> let's pick, let's pick that apart a little bit. And that's not to say, you know, it's, it's not to the Vikings fault. You know, as you said, there's some Vikings listeners on here, you know, it's, it's, it's a welcome to the NFL moment for yeah, their yeah. new, you know, you're, you're going up against Devonte Adams is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, he had a career day and he had an Aaron Rodgers who was absolutely on fire. Just his accuracy was everything. Um, and he lit the field up. He had some throws that just only 
him and pretty much Patrick Mahomes can make, you know, and so it's it's hard to stop that. I think the one thing that we really did also take advantage of was uh, they were missing a good amount of their pass rush. And so when you're you're missing that pass rush, you're not helping out your guys in the secondary. Aaron Rodgers had a clean game. Our offensive line protected him. He didn't have a single sack on him. He they really got no pressure on Aaron Rodgers, and and usually that's the way to beat him. Is yeah. is he gets sacked a lot? Um, I'd say if there was one thing that you should do when you're going up against Aaron Rodgers is, you know, make him he holds the ball, and and so if you can get him sort of out of that rhythm and trying to create scramble and create something, in years recent years it hasn't worked as much. It actually worked quite well this week because there wasn't a lot of pressure. So I think it was a combination of things. The offense just clicked. I don't know like what happened this you know, short season, but, um, whatever Matt LaFleur was calling, it was working. Uh, you know, he, he had some new stuff that I hadn't seen before some end arounds and some jet sweeps that, you know, we tried out at the end of last year with Tyler Irvin, but we didn't see a lot of, and, um, I think we tested them sort of on, on both ends vertically as well as, you know, throwing the ball. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think everything you said just makes sense. And it's a combination of all of these factors. I want to go back to you. You were talking about the Vikings secondary and how young they are. And I said to begin the show, like they could all turn out to be great corners. That's just not where they are right now. Right. They have a lot of learning right. to do. And I think I want to talk about Kevin King. And I think this last Vikings offseason and even this week one game could serve a little bit as a cautionary tale for Packers and Packers fans, especially as Kevin King reaches free agency, because I think the Vikings thought they could let Rhodes, Waynes and Alexander go and maybe only get a little bit worse. Like, I think it's very tempting to think, OK, well, we drafted Trey Waynes in the first round. He was fine, but he never turned out to be the superstar that we hoped he could be. So we're going to let him go. I think Packers fans might be tempted to do the same thing with Kevin King. Like, okay, he was good for a couple of years, but we can just draft another one. I don't know if they can. And, the, you know, as we go throughout the season, I, I feel like I'm going to to hope for a re-signing of Kevin King more and more. I struggle with the Packers just letting him walk like they did with Hayward and Hyde. Like, he might not be Tredavious White or Jalen Ramsey or, or Stephon Gilmore, but, like, let the Vikings serve as an example. Like, you could do a lot worse. Like, what do you think about Kevin King as he approaches free agency in a few months? I'm complete agreement with you. I think that uh, we've seen the rotation of the secondary happen with the Packers over the last few years. And it, you're right. It, it, it doesn't end well. And I know that people have their issues with Kevin King, but he is quite a serviceable cornerback. Um, you know, him and Jair were in the top five, you know, this past season behind the three guys, essentially that you, you described, he had five interceptions last year. He actually had a great game um, on mm-hmm. Sunday and him and Jair are a great tandem. Our secondary as a, a, that base foursome in, in Savage, Amos, you know, him and Jair, they work very well together. They're clearly quite comfortable with each other. And I t- think to take him out of that, and like you said, put in a rookie, it makes us weaker. And again, that's not to say that like whoever we draft per se in two, three years is going to be someone that isn't, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, but, you know, the chances that we draft another Jair Alexander is is not as you know, it's not high. So I think for me, I would also like to see Kevin come back. The, the tricky thing with Kevin is that if he has a great season, um, amazing, but he might price himself out of green Bay because we have so many free agents we have to pay. If he doesn't have a great season, then what's the case to bring him back? Yeah. Um, so it's not that I'm kind of rooting for like a mediocre season out of Kevin sure. King so that we can pay him and keep him. But I agree with you. I think the rotation back there is not 
um, it, it's not what you want to see moving forward. Perry Goldstein joining us for just a couple of minutes. Cheesehead TV, she does the Packs What She Said podcast with Maggie Loney and the Pack a Day podcast. Um, I, I want to talk about Jair Alexander while we're on the secondary. Earlier this summer when everything was shut down, I had to fill time on my show somehow. So we were watching old Packer games like from 2016 and 14. And and we, we redid Super Bowl 31, which I was like a year old at the time for. So I don't remember it. And I was blown away by how much Leroy Butler was blitzing, how active he was up front. And at the time, I remember thinking, because once again, I'm trying to fill time. So I'm like, okay, how can we relate Super Bowl 31 to now? The Packers right now need a little bit of help in the run defense. And I think they could maybe employ one of the Smiths or Rashawn Gary to help out with that run defense. But then you're lacking on the pass rush. So what if the Packers use Jair Alexander or maybe Kevin King or whoever to help blitz. And it was interesting that that showed up on Sunday and I was kind of remembered or remembering that idea. Do you think that's something that Mike Pettin could do? They could enlist a secondary player to help with the pass rush. So the pass rush can help the defensive line, right? Like it's, there's yeah. a lot of moving parts, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I think Absolutely. that could be a role for Jair. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. So I think there's kind of two things with the Jair blitz. The first one is that that wasn't scripted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it's interesting to me that as like an instinct, you know, he said, okay, he, he, he read it like a run. And then when he realized that it wasn't a run, it was actually a pass. He was like, you know what? I'm too far in at this point. I can get to the quarterback unimpeded. I'm just going to go for it. Um, that's one of those plays where if it works like it did, phenomenal mm -hmm. if it doesn't work you know you're biting hard and Kirk might give up a big play because you're leaving a receiver out in the open with just the safety to cover so it's definitely a tricky I think that's one of those where Petten's like good job but maybe don't do that again yeah but I think it also shows that you know he has the capabilities to do that and one of the things that Petten is quite good at and known for is scheming up really unique pressures and blitzes and so I think that is a possibility where you put in a safety blitz where you're, you have Savage or Amos in there going for it. I think Amos surprised me last season. He's, he was actually one of the best safeties playing in the box last season, which I thought was just so, so interesting. So that's not really something that you think he would do, but he definitely can slide in there and so can Darnell Savage. And obviously Jair has a skill set for it. Um, I am a huge, huge Jair Alexander fan for anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that the secondary is sort of my favorite grouping and Jair was my draft crush going into that draft. So when the Packers drafted him, I was on cloud nine. He reminds me so much of Charles Woodson. It's interesting that you, you talk about Leroy Butler because he reminds me actually of Charles Woodson and Woodson used to do that all the time. Um, so I think there's definitely a world where that play becomes something that's not instinctual from Jair, but actually that's scripted up from from Mike Pettin, because that's that's what he's good at is is those creative sort of blitz packages. Yeah, Perry, the last thing I want to talk about is Mike Pettin. It's one game and I'm not trying to overreact. So if I'm overreacting, just tell me. But like also, you know, you host a two hour radio show. You have to look for these things because you're trying right. to have interesting conversations. So it's a battle. I don't want to overreact and it's a small sample size. But the way I see it, the NFL in 2020 is it's situational defense because all the rules favor the offense. So DCs have said, all right, we're going to focus on the red zone forcing turnovers, forcing sacks and penalties. I, I get that. I think we've learned that over the last couple of years. The way I see it, the Packers defense had a really easy job on Sunday in the second half, and it was just to make them eat clock. And they couldn't do it. Like, I'm looking at the drive summary of the fourth quarter. The Vikings score in a minute 16, two minutes, seven seconds, a minute 58. That concerns me a little bit. And once again, it's only one game. So you tell me if it's if it's too small a sample size. But I worry that maybe Mike Pettin isn't great situationally. That showed up at the end of the first half, too. The Vikings didn't even want to score. Like, they weren't trying to score. Yeah. They were going to hand it off and kind of go into halftime. 
and yet they ended up giving away a field goal. The 34 points doesn't concern me, but the situational failures on Sunday did. Like, can can you jive with me there? Does that make sense? No, I completely agree. I think that it's it's hard to say because, you know, Packers really, really dominated, like, the time of possession. Yeah. So the Vikings didn't have that much time with a ball, and yet they still scored 34 points. So, yes, I think I agree with you that situationally I don't love that. I do think that the 24 points in the fourth quarter is I would consider to be, like, garbage time. Like, we were mm-hmm. clearly going to win, and, and that wouldn't have mattered. But at the same time, and this is something that I said at the end of last season, which is, I want our defense to finish games a little bit more than we do. I find that even when we have a lead, Petten starts to play really soft. Like you could see it in the fourth quarter. The cornerbacks were playing like 10, 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. Like be stronger through the end of games. You never know what can happen. And I just think that, I agree with you situationally. I didn't love it. If you're going to give up, you know, he, he says, I'd rather, you know, stop the big play. Okay, fine. You give a little bit in the run game, but exactly what you said in the end of the first half, like they're taking these huge chunk plays out of us. And th- those three points could have been, you know, in a different game could have been the game or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't love it. I do. I do think that it's a little soon to judge and, but, you know, they basically only had two players to cover, which was Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. And they didn't do the greatest job. They did an okay job. But they didn't do the greatest job covering just those two players that they needed to stop. So I'd like to see what they do, you know, moving forward for sure. But that is something I have my eye on. Yeah, it's like I said, not overreacting to one single game, but like my ears are going to be perked. I'm going to be paying attention to that uh, as we move forward. Perry Goldstein, Cheesehead TV, Packs What She Said podcast. You should follow her on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're all the way in New York and I have been bugging you for a long time, but I appreciate your insight and I would absolutely love to have you back. Thank you, Perry. No, thank you. I would love to be on anytime you want, Grant happy anytime enjoy week two hopefully we're talking two and oh and uh the packer season continues to go well thanks again thank you